Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. In this episode, we check in with CJ Cease, who's coming back to the Manitoba Moose organization, signed a two-year deal this week. And Andrew Collier, the GM of the Gold Eye, stops by as the team is at the halfway point. Hasn't been a great season so far, but they're looking for a turnaround and also some fun events coming up at the park. That's all coming up on the podcast. Right now, I want to tell you about what the Manitoba Moose did yesterday as they brought back a familiar name. They thanked CJ Cease to a two-year deal. The 29-year-old from Forest Lake, Manitoba, or Minnesota, pardon me, notched 22 points in 46 games with the San Jose Barracuda last season in the AHL. Also dressed in one game in the NHL for the Sharks. But prior to that season in San Jose, he appeared in 166 games with the Moose, recording 83 points. 45 goals, 38 assists. Also played in four total games with the Jets, registered two penalty minutes. And earlier today, I had the chance to chat with CJ, who's in Stillwater, Minnesota at the moment. And I started by asking him how this reunion came about. Um, it's awesome. You know, it's, since I left, um, you know, it's been a place that um, I started my career and um, that I've met a lot of people um, in the city. And uh, it, it's a memorable place to come back to with the fans being so faithful as they are and the people who are there. So why did you want to come back? How did this happen? Um, you know, I think it was just the best fit for me at this moment in my career. Um, you know, I, I, I think that the coach knows me pretty well and um, the organization does. And I know what the organization is about and how they treat their players. And I thought that that was the best fit for me. So, how was your, I guess, your one year away from the team? You spent it with the San Jose organization, with the Barracuda. You got one game up with the Sharks. How, how would you describe that experience for you? Um, it was fun. Uh, it was a great time um, out in San Jose. Uh, you know, we had a good team. Um, kind of under, underperformed, but um, it was good. Um, it, it was good to get kind of a view of a, a different organization and kind of how it's run and, and the people there and, um, ultimately, like I met a lot of good people there. Um, I had a good time. I, I played good. and um, Yeah, I like my time there. Very different, I imagine, living in San Jose compared to Winnipeg? <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like night and day for weather-wise. So um, that aspect of it was nice. But, um, yeah, it's definitely a different aspect, um, a different feeling around the rink and um, leaving the rink for sure. But as a guy from Minnesota, you don't mind the cold, right? Exactly. Um, you know, I'm used to it. I played two years in Two Falls, four years in Mankato, and then another four years up in Winnipeg. So I'm pretty used to it, and I think I'll be able to adjust back pretty well. What's the hockey market like in San Jose compared to playing in Canada? Um, it's fairly different. You know, uh, you know, for, for the games, we didn't get quite as many fans as we did up in um, Winnipeg. But, you know, their fans are just as faithful, and I think their fans are kind of spread kind of out wide as well. So, um, you know, I think it's the Sharks were kind of a big deal, and the Barracuda were um, right up there. And, and I think their fans are good too, but uh, there's nothing like Winnipeg fans. Who would win in a fight, a Barracuda or a Moose? <laughs> Depends whether it was on land or in water, I guess, but I'm going to have to go with Moose at this point. Of course, good answer. Uh, so, uh, Yourself, at this point in your career, 29 years old going into this pro season with the Moose, where would you say you're at, and what are your goals for this upcoming year? Um, you know, I'm kind of an established player um, who, who's kind of consistent throughout 
the year and, and who can play hard every game. Um, for me personally, you know, I still I don't think I've given up on uh, myself playing in the NHL. So I think going into this year, I think it's still kind of play the best I can and see what happens. Um, and, and while I'm doing that, kind of be a leader on the ice and off it. So when you're playing in the AHL, hoping to get uh, an NHL chance, is how, what's your mindset? Is it just play as hard as I can and, and hopefully my chance comes? Yeah, I play the best I can each and every game. And I think that's how I've played my entire career. So that standpoint, I don't think has changed. And I don't think really will ever change. But I just want to be the best I can be day in and day out. How would you say the the short number of NHL games you've had have gone so far? You've had five games in the NHL, one with the Sharks, as I mentioned, four with the Jets. What have those games taught you about yourself as a player? Um, I think they just kind of taught me patience, most of all. Um, you know, in those games, when, they, when I have gotten them, you know, it's, it's limited ice, but um, it's taught me patience. It's taught me how to kind of keep my mind mentally ready throughout a game um, when you're not getting really into it. Um, but it's also taught me I'm a lot about the game up there and the pace and the style and everything that way. But I'd say um, mostly patience and kind of how to control my mental emotions. So what do you do between now and when you come to, to Winnipeg to get ready for the season? A lot of training? Yep, just a lot of training, uh, skating, and kind of um, enjoying the time off and um, ramping it back up. What do you do in the summers to unwind and take some time away from the game? One of your go-to relaxation things? Um, I love to golf. Um, yeah, kind of golf. And, um, lately, it's been working on the house quite a bit. Um, we just bought my fiance and I bought a house last summer, and kind of we've been doing a lot to renovate it and kind of um, get it, get it as nice as we can before we head out. And that's in Minnesota. Correct. It's actually my childhood home that I grew up in that we bought. So it's Uh-oh. kind of a cool experience for us. So yeah. So wh- who was it? Did you buy it from where the people you grew up with, or was there separate owners in between? How did that lineage work? Yeah. So um, so I grew up on a turkey farm, and that farm ultimately got um, sold to developers, and they were developing it in three phases. And the last lot was my childhood home lot, and so we ended up scooping it. Nice. So no turkeys, though? No turkeys, now. Just a big barn, a lot of garages, and a house. Okay, perfect. Uh, back to your golf game. You So you shoot left. Does that mean you swing left? No, I actually swing righty. I don't understand kind of how that works because my dad's the exact same way. He shoots left in hockey. I borrowed his sticks growing up, but I couldn't swing his golf clubs. I had to do get my own. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't this, the motion seems similar. I don't understand how that works. I, I think it was, I mean, to me, I guess I grew up playing baseball righty, so I guess that's how I transitioned into the golf that way, but um, to me, I think I'm lucky because uh, when I was playing this year during the season, it kind of uh, loosened up my body getting it going the other way. <laughs> so if you choked up on your hockey stick and had your hands together, you'd it wouldn't feel right because it's the opposite hand. Exactly. It feels completely awkward. <laughs> I'm always fascinated by that. It's there's no like rhyme or reason to how some people swing their their clubs or their bats, and yeah, okay, good to know. How is your exactly. golf game? Um, sometimes I think I'd be better as a lefty, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all right. Um, I think I'm an eight handicap, so not too bad, I guess. Do you have a, a competitive streak against some of the other moose players that you're about to rekindle? Um, last 
year or two years ago, I think we had an outing with uh, Jeff and Jonesy and everyone. So I think we'll rekindle that and get out there early in the season. Where's your favorite place to golf around Winnipeg? Um, or do you just not get a lot of time when you uh, come up here? Yeah, not too much time. But there's a couple of tournaments I played in for folk um, sportswear. And, uh, I forget the course name. Is it River Heights or River? I don't know. I can't tell you. Are the Bridges? Is that it? Yep, that's one. I think that might be it. Yep. Okay. Good. They, they just got a plug. Good for, good for me. Maybe, maybe they'll reach out to you. Um, <laughs> uh, before we let right you go, on. then, uh, anything else you want to add? Um, I'm I'm extremely excited to be back, and I can't wait to get this season going. Well, CJ, thanks for your time tonight, and best of luck as you uh, get ready for the season. Thanks, Christian. CJ Cease back with the Manitoba Moose on a two-year contract. Because yesterday on the show, we chatted with Jamie Bettens about the MLB season just past the midway point tonight. We do the same with Andrew Collier, the GM of the Gold Eyes. They are uh, not having a great season. Let's be real. 20 and 32 so far, dead last in the league with just two wins in their last 10 games, starting a six game series tonight against the Railroaders. It's on at the moment, of course. So this chat is not live, it is pre recorded. Um, but I started by asking Andrew about this, this six game series. It seems like a lot of games to play in one series against one opponent. And I asked him if that's a new thing. I think it's been done in the past, but when we went into this season and the league was putting the schedule together, I think just from a travel standpoint, it made sense to mix in a couple six-game series, especially with the two teams that are farthest apart. So we'll play six games against Cleburne here in Winnipeg this year, and then next year we'll go down there for six. So how does that affect how a, you know a typical series is three or four games? Does the dynamic of a series change when it's six, or is it just, hey, we're just playing baseball every day? It's different. I think as the series goes on, it'll change a bit. The teams will get more used to each other and, and maybe see some tendencies. And That'd be a better question for Greg uh, to uh, to find out what, what changes in a six-game series compared to three or four. Fair enough, because it, it's kind of like a playoff series in that you'll actually see the same starter a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. But uh, I think it was last year or the year before, AAA baseball went to, they're almost exclusively six-game series. I think that coincided with AAA changed their travel rules where I think you have to fly if it's over a certain distance. So to cut down on costs, I think just about every series in AAA now is six games. Okay, makes sense. A couple questions for you about how the season has gone so far. Uh, Is this the first year that you've had the pitch clock? Yes. And what have you thought of the changes? Because it seems like in Major League Baseball, it's been great. And I've been hearing from people going to your games that it's been awesome, too. I love it. I think it's great. I think it got to a point. It just escalated over the last number of years where where we were hovering around the three-hour mark and then 315, 320s, three and a half. It's just way too long. And there's just so much dead time between pitches that... Uh, Batters and pitchers were taking advantage of it. Batters stepping out, fixing their gloves, and pitchers walking around the mound, and hitting the rosin bag, and it just it got to be too long. So I'm really glad that our league followed Major League Baseball's rules and brought it in. And now we're right around the 240 mark, 235, 240, and I think that's what fans want to see. 
Well, yeah, you played 10 innings Saturday night, and it was still only 242. I remember seeing the some of the scores earlier in the season. There were games under two hours. That's nuts. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we want the under two-hour games too often, but I think 220, 230, 240, those, those are the kind of games that are good. We noticed last year fans were leaving in the seventh inning, sixth inning, so... Now I've noticed this year fans are staying right till the end of the game for the most part. And I think people going into this, there are some owners that were a little concerned that concession sales would be down because fans weren't in the park long enough. But people are done eating after two and a half, three hours anyway, two hours. So we haven't seen a dip in, in concession sales at all. And I just think it's it's universally almost completely praised. I, I can't think of anybody that I've talked to that's, against the pitch clock i think have you ever seen anything so so unanimously approved at least by fans i know players that takes some getting used to but for people watching games i think everyone loves it i think so too i think people were just getting tired of these four-hour games it's just way too long and like i said way too much dead time i think it took the major league guys a while in spring training to get used to it you saw a lot of pitch clock violations and even in our league in the first couple of weeks there was a few but over the past couple of weeks i think i've seen maybe five violations in total in all the games we've had at home everyone just gets used to it and there was a there's a lot of hesitation for a long time about putting this in but i mean it's working <laughs> Yeah, you always get the traditionalists that don't want to mess with the game, don't change the game. But if it's going to do something that positively impacts the game, not just for the players, for the fans, it uh, it, it was a great move, and I'm glad we did it. Absolutely. Uh, news yesterday that the your league will be joining a Champions League. We've seen it in soccer. Uh, but like, let's look back, look back at years where Winnipeg would have won. Your season keeps going. You go down to Mexico. You play some other champions i think this is pretty cool for baseball what do you think i think it's really neat like i said to you by text i was uh we had our golf tournament yesterday and i was on the course when i got the email i didn't even i didn't know anything about it until i got the email it's uh it's really neat it'll be interesting to see how the american association stacks up against the colombian league mexicans and the cubans it'll be uh it'll be very interesting i'll be watching yeah we have we have literally no clue how it's gonna go right no, no clue. No at reference all. point it'll, at all. None. It'll be it'll be really interesting. All right, let's talk about your uh, your season so far. On the field, I guess it hasn't gone as as well as hoped. No, not that that's an understatement. We uh, yeah, it's been very streaky. We've we've lost some in a row and then won five in a row and then lost some more and yeah, it's uh, yeah I- interesting. It, it, not uh, not how we drew it up, but a ton of one-run losses. Which, if you flip half of those around, and and then we're right in right in the mix of things. But that's the way it goes. You got to win those one-run close games, extra inning games. You gotta you gotta finish those ones off. Is it as simple as it's a new manager, and that's why maybe there's some growing pains, or is it beyond that? Uh, that the, yeah, it's it's beyond that. I think it's it's a bunch of new players getting getting used to each other. We've had a couple injuries. Never want to use injuries as an excuse, but to to 
some of our bullpen guys and and when you're losing one run games that's usually you're you're losing them late and not to blame the bullpen we haven't got the key hits when we needed them either but uh yeah i'm hoping the second half will will come around and and try to get one of those uh top four playoff spots and perhaps that's uh the blessing now is that more teams make the playoffs so you're not out of it as early in the season yeah, for sure. I uh, I like it. I like having more teams in it, and, and the uniqueness of the first place team getting to pick their opponent. And like last year when Fargo picked us in the first round and we won game one, um, it adds extra motivation for that team that gets picked by the by the first place team. And if Max Murphy doesn't break his leg in the first game, who knows what would happen? That's fair. Absolutely. So right now you are seven and a half games out. Uh, behind the Sioux City Explorers. You're just past the halfway point of the 100-game season. So obviously not a lot of wiggle room now down the stretch, right? you got to play pretty, you know, close to 600 ball. For sure. Yeah, that's what's uh, ahead of us. we got to win every series. And going into a six-gamer with Cleburne, that means we got to win at least four of these games. And then from here on out, just that's the goal is to win every series. So what uh, other promotions do you have coming up in the, the near future for people to check out at the games? Tomorrow night's going to be awesome. We're wearing retro jerseys, the same ones we wore in 1994, uh, retro jerseys and hats, giving away fanny packs tomorrow night, fireworks after the game. We're already close to 6,000 tickets sold, so it's going to be a, a big night at the ballpark tonight. tomorrow night. Uh a lot of fun. And then looking ahead to next month, August 11th, when we retire Reggie's jersey, we have our 30th anniversary luncheon that day. That's going to be a huge day as well. That's exactly one month from tonight. There you go. So lots of time for people to get their tickets for the game and for the luncheon. So these fanny packs then, how many are you giving away? Does everyone get one? First thousand. Okay. So a rush to the ballpark then tomorrow night. For sure, and then uh, a thousand bobbleheads on August 11th. I'm sure we'll have a huge lineup for that day. Absolutely. Are you, do you the, the bobbleheads you give away? Do you keep a collection of them? I do. I have I have one of all of them. So you, are they just in a closet somewhere? Or are they all bobbling on your desk? No. Next time you're at the park, you'll have to come into my office. It's uh, my wife says it looks a bit like a dollar store in here with all the stuff that I've <laughs> I've got collected over 30 years. It uh, it seems to accumulate. Well, as someone who's going through a move right now and has noticed all the stuff I have in tote bins everywhere, and to my girlfriend's chagrin, I can relate to that. Andrew, appreciate your time as always. Thanks for this, and uh, have fun with everything going forward here. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. GM of the Winnipeg Gold Eyes, Andrew Collier. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this.